Hi, I'm Jesse. In our apologetics training series, Reason for Hope, this week we've been looking at experientialism. It is not the strongest apologetic tool, except for when it is. <laughs> it, everybody has some sort of experience, and, and your lived experience can be magnified as though it were indicative of all truth everywhere. But Mormons have an emotional experience, right? Devil worshipers have an experience. Apostate former Christians now professing atheists have an experience. So who would you say whose experience is better than the others? Well, last, uh, yesterday we looked at Galatians 5, and it shows the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is the one experience that is true and good. And what do you know? It also is the only one that results in supernatural love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. 1 John echoes this teaching, describing how the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is necessary for salvation, and without the Holy Spirit, we are not saved. I, I don't have time to read the full portion of text. I want to encourage you to just go and read the book of 1 John. It's absolutely incredible. This is how we know uh, that we know him, 1 John 2, 3, if we keep his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. He's going to go on to say, this is how we know we are his children. He has given us of his spirit. So this was originally written to help Christians identify the Gnostic infiltrators. Gnostic is spelled G-N-O-S-T-I-C. It's based on the Greek word gnosko, as in knowledge. The idea of Gnosticism is like, I've been given special knowledge from God. And we as Christians sometimes accidentally reiterate Gnosticism. It's even happening sometimes within certain charismatic movements where if you go to a charismatic conference and they never open the Bible, watch out. And all they, all they act upon is, I've been given a word of knowledge. If they take that word of knowledge gift that's described in Ephesians and they stretch it like a swim cap over the whole thing, and whenever someone receives like a revelation, a word from the Lord, and they, they put this out there as though it were tantamount to scripture, watch out. This is, actually, this is actually a redux of Gnosticism. And the book of First and Second and Third John was written to rebut Gnosticism. The Gnostics were the ones who wrote the fraudulent gospels found in Nag Hammadi, the ones that are uh, the, actually the basis for Dan Brown's fictional book series that I've read, by the way, uh, The Da Vinci Code. It, it's, it's, it was a false dualist religion, and Jesus' very substance and existence flew in the face of Gnosticism. So they made false gospels, and they infiltrated the church. John's books were a litmus test, a shibboleth of sorts, if you will, where, whereby you could tell if somebody was a real Christian or a Gnostic infiltrator. And this is how we know that we are in him. We keep his commands. Like a Gnostic infiltrator is not going to keep God's commands. A Gnostic infiltrator is not going to have sincere love for the brothers and sisters in the church. A Gnostic infiltrator is not going to have the Holy Spirit. So we can apply 1 John not only by spotting Gnosticism, which is not nearly as popular now as it was before, but we can also look at this text and it becomes a way that we can know we're saved. Among experiential, uh, experiential apologetics, there can only be one true one because there's only one true gospel. Yesterday we looked at the fruit of the Spirit. 
1 John is another consistent look at this. It's also consistent with what we saw in Matthew 7, wherein Jesus describes these two guys, one who builds his house on the rock, another one who builds his house on the sand. The sand. The coming waves and storm that beat against the house, but the house survives. Uh, this is a Christian going through trial and difficulty. And the fact that they withstand proves that they're truly saved. John also describes the departure of those apostate Christians. Like he describes the departure of the Gnostic infiltrators. Their going out from us proves they never really were among us. And now it's reiterated here again. We keep his commands. This evidence is that we're saved. The one who says, I've come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar and the truth is in him. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk as he walked. Like James writes, your faith is going to be accompanied by actions. So both Galatians 5 and the whole book of 1 John serve as an indicator of what the true experience is. Experientialism is not a sound basis for gauging truth until it is. And the one time it is, is when you experience the Holy Spirit of God. What does it look like when you experience the Holy Spirit of God? See the fruit of the Spirit yesterday and see this descriptor and more in the whole book of First John. We've experienced God's love as Christians. And there's incredible hope here. And it's only here. There's no other experientialist apologetic that works. There's nothing else that's ever going to account for the origins of life and matter and morality. We've found the one true hope. How dare we hoard that hope? Man, if you found the cure for cancer and you kept it to yourself, you'd be the jerk of the century. If you were given two tickets to the Super Bowl and you went by yourself, you'd be the jerk of the decade. But man, we've been given way more, way more than tickets to the Super Bowl and even the cure for cancer. We've been given the cure for sin. This is the only experience that aligns with true hope and conversion. So this is the only experience that serves as a, as a true apologetic. Everything else that falls away is like the parable of the sower's account of one who springs up at first and then falls away. Like Hebrews 6, they look at it and then they fall away. This is the one true experience, the one who experiences the Holy Spirit of God and remains in him. This is the one true experience. So we can't keep this to ourselves. There's nothing more eternally significant that we do during a day than practicing apologetics by arguing for the truth of God, sharing it from scripture. Go share this faith with someone right now. Go.